like our episode, we introduce ourselves. So we still have to introduce ourselves when we come in, but we don't have to be like as introducing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We still have to say who we are, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Go ahead, make that natural. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I'll take the notes and. Uh... Hey, this is Matt from the Death Watch podcast. You're listening to fully and completely on the Modern Superior Network. Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of fully and completely. I'm... You're listening to. <laughs> And welcome to Fully and Completely, a podcast bi-weekly where we explore the entire discography of Canada's uh, The Tragically Hip. We go album by album, uh, discussing uh, what went into making that album, track by track on the album, and of course the uh, news and climate of uh, things in Canada uh, uh, around the time of release of that. So we have an idea of what was going on when all this was happening for us. And a lot of the times these big albums come with big, big benchmarks in Canada. It's an exciting time and we were young and in it. And now here to talk about it, my name's Greg Legro. I'm Jamie Dew. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoy your glasses. Oh, thanks. I enjoy yours, too. <laughs> well, thank They're you very much. Nice glasses and yeah. nice uh, ball caps. Here That's today. right. It's, yeah. a, it's a summer day. Yeah. First episode, we, first app yeah. we've released post-release. Yeah. 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 So uh, how are you liking it so far, oh, it's audience? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We won't tell them what we think. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, exciting for us because it's it's all out there. But I guess uh, for you guys, it's just uh, business as usual. Here we are with your favorite podcast, BAU. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, let's get right into it. Would you like to know where we are in the in the timeline of things? I gotta say yeah. before we start, oh, no. I am really excited about 1994. Yeah, like, really excited. Listen, man, it's, so it's it's no slouch of a year. No, uh, <laughs> it's not quite as uh, packed with. Crazy events uh, like the fully completely episode was. Right. Where there, that was there's was so much news of oh like things like you kind of have to mention that this was going on at the yes. time. Um, so it, there isn't as much of that happening, uh, but there are definitely things. It's still a, a, a very interesting time. Um, it's uh, released uh, September 19th of 1994, day for night. Uh, comes out. Remember so well. This is uh, we're in full swing of the 90s at this point. Everything that has uh, come in tow with uh, the release of Smells Like Teen Spirit is now uh, rolled around, digested, and this is just how things are now, essentially. Um, and there's no lack of big, big albums going on all, all, all the time. Uh, Nirvana Unplugged, of course, is this year, and now as the uh, you know, mess of emotions that lands with that album. That came out around Christmas time, I think, right? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it, like was it was a like rough a- listen. It was a rough listen, but boy, oh boy, it's, it's, it, it, it's a remarkable record, isn't <laughs> it's it? So good. Just, that was one in, in residence that we could put on and listen from beginning to end. Yeah, and yeah. Nobody everyone likes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And everyone went, Who are the meat puppets? They're wonderful. <laughs> and then they listened to Meat Puppets too and went, Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting tone. Um, I love the meat puppets. And, uh, but yeah, that was people got introduced to the meat puppets. This is not a David Bowie song that people knew. Nope. At all. You know, that's not a big tune. So that, you know, light there and then the Vaselines as well. Nobody really knew who they were. So like the still still this this album had a lot of things to teach and grow, not just 
pain and memories, <laughs> questions and anger about what happened. Uh, Soundgarden, Super Unknown, Oasis, definitely, maybe, Park Life by Blur, Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails, Ill Communication by the Beastie Boys, Dookie by Green Day, Illmatic by Nas, Vitology by Pearl Jam, Dummy by Portishead, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain by Pavement, and Live Through This is just the first thing of this uh, when I pull this up. Weezer's Blue Album, The Prodigy, Jeff Buckley, fucking Grace. <laughs> yeah. This is a, oh, these are heavy hitters, man. This is what I'm saying. Oh, my good God. Uh, big ones for me, too. Stuff that I listened to then, like Jar of Flies by Allison Trains, but I don't listen to that anymore. Or something I've never really put down, like Let Love In by Nick Cave and the Bad Seats. Right. R.E.M. Um, oh, R.E.M. Monster. Monster. Yeah, but, oh, divisive album, Monster. Oh, oh, I guess especially coming out of Automatic After for the After people. Automatic yeah, for the yeah. People is like, well, you just, well, everyone's like, best album ever, you know, definitely of the decade, and people were losing their minds, and Monster was kind of like a fun record, and they wanted to get a little... You know, out of their box, and some people were like, "No, we want more automatic for the people." Write the best record again. <laughs> yeah, you know, totally. that's easy, right? Yeah, I like Monster. I like parts of Monster. Honestly. I like I like almost all of it. Yeah, yeah. But again, and I'll say this probably a hundred times in this episode. September of ninety four. Yeah, I moved to Toronto to go oh. to university. Oh, so I leave high school, oh, leave wow. my small town, yeah, and come to Toronto. So there is. Um, and then, you know, like less than two weeks into school, yeah, there Paper it is. Night comes that, out. Oh, right? you need that. Like there's, you always need something. Yeah. Oh God. It just, things yeah. Yeah. Huge. Ready, ready to die. The notorious big. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not my joke. Uh, Pantera, Far Beyond Driven. That was big for me too. Um, you went right past Voodoo Lounge. Did I? Oh, the <laughs> Rolling Stones. They're, they're best since some girls. I, I'm led to believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neil Young sleep with, sleeps with angels. Underrated record. That's very. Good. That's a great record. Yeah. B thousand guided by voices. Man, there's good stuff That's going a, on here. My favorite record by them. I'm not even in the deep cuts. This is just like the surface thing when you Google 1994 albums, like how big this shit is. Because um, there's more. There's so so much more. I'm not going to dig that far into it. Um, and day for night. Day for night has a lot of weight on it this time around because. Fully completely, not the big hit in the states that we were expecting, but it was a behemoth in Canada. Uh, I mean, we were waiting for it, and yeah. we got rocked by the tidal wave that was one hundred percent. It was fully for sure. Um, so yeah, but there's a lot of expectation, but also a lot of maybe confusion as to why why didn't this go to the states, and will the next one? Um, it made us cleave to that band that much harder. It did, you know, like absolutely. This is, this is our band. This yeah, is Canada. Yeah. You da, guys da, da, don't da, get da. it. Well, then, fuck you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, politically speaking, we've got uh, a new prime minister for our for our first episode with a brand new Canadian prime minister. Oh my god! Ago. We're in the Chrétien. Welcome to the Chrétien years. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah. And a premier in Ontario is Bob Ray. Bob Ray. Yeah, this is a confusing time indeed. Um, <laughs> news around the time, honestly, it wasn't quite like it's not. It's not the fully completely year where things really fucking happen. There's stuff though. More Bret Hart news. Second. <laughs> what is yeah, his second? <laughs> yes. Against Yokozuna at uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, uh, Vancouver Grizzlies are uh, established as the NBA's second Canadian team. They'd oh, they didn't come in the same. They didn't yeah. come in the same time they as did, the Raptors. But they, they were. We. This is February of '94. Uh, oh, okay. It's uh, established. Gotcha. The Raptors, because we went through a whole thing of like we're going to have a team, and then let's have the audience vote for the name. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Any other year, we're not called the Raptors. But uh, well, can you imagine we would have been like the the Shawshanks? I 
Why? Oh yeah, if it had to be movie based, what if it was that? <laughs> if it was ninety four, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, you know, if it had been any other year, we probably there. There was a professional or semi professional Toronto team called the Towers. That's right. Yeah, they were they were professional. They yeah. were, and that doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. What, what are basketball people? They're tall. They're very tall. That's and it. and what's Toronto known for? <laughs> a fucking tower. A giant. The biggest tower. That's right. <sighs> God right. damn it. That would have been fine. Would Listen, have been great. I have Raptors gear at home. I got my hat. I'm a fan of the team. I love the team. But the name is silly as shit. At least we're not purple anymore. Beautiful alliteration. Toronto <gasps> Towers. Right, it's right there. It's, it's right there for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we had some other, I don't know. I can't Huskies. Remember. Huskies. That's, That's right. Yeah. I get it. They're not Timberwolves. <laughs> You're going to seem uh, inferior to that. But anyway, uh, here Another we are. Another Northern Kerr. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, our sports were interesting. Our CFL. Uh, you'd think, how many CFL stories could you possibly have to talk about? I started to wonder, too, because we're past the, uh, the John Candy, That's Wayne right. Gretzky explosion of the Argonauts. But in 1994, the Grey Cup was played between the BC Lions and the Baltimore. The Baltimore. Were they, a t- did they, have a t- were they just the Baltimore CFLs at that point? Uh, they were the Baltimore Football Club, sometimes also called the Baltimore Colts. Right. Uh, and some other shit, but... Uh, uh, or what was their other name? Baltimore Stallions. 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 That's right. Wild Stallions. Yeah. Um, uh, in their first year in the league. And they go to the Grey Cup. Right. And almost win it. But don't. Oh, the BC Lions win. Louis Pasaglia. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I remember because my res, there was two guys from British Columbia and he kicked uh he either kicked a one point, whatever the one point yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Or, um, yeah. or a field goal right. to seal the deal and keep it yeah. in Canada. And we were like, yes, Canada. And I don't care about the Grey Cup, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you remember like, Louis Pasagli. That's a great name as it's well, right? It's really fun to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it would not uh, stick around because we have no uh, 1995 album to speak of, uh, so we won't be covering 1995. Okay. But in 1995, Baltimore did win <laughs> they do. the fucking Grey Cup. So oh, great. Louis Posaglia, I, I understand, though, was ready to dive in front of a ball again. Yeah, yeah. Something He's, like that. He'll get in there. <laughs> He's a true hero. Um, so that's interesting and bizarre. Again, if you're if you're only tuning in for this episode, we've talked about the CFL quite a bit, <laughs> and also our amazement at how few teams we have, and particularly in this time period, that two of them had the same name. That's right. Well, they doubled they doubled their, or I guess went up by fifty percent with yeah. this American expansion. Right. right? right I think they right. had four then, extra yeah, American it was a teams. Fucking disaster! What a total. <laughs> well, first of all, Shreveport. Where is? It? I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shreveport, Louisiana. It sounds like a, a, a made up. Uh, main town that Stephen King has created, <laughs> totally. you know, or like, oh. uh, yeah, I don't, don't go in the sewers in Shreveport. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, uh, and then, of course, our uh, little hockey news. I'm not a hockey guy, but I feel compelled. This was a big one as well. Uh, this is a big one. Um, this went to game seven. Uh, New York Rangers, Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. And the Rangers win. This is Mark Messier's Rangers. That's right. Which kind of makes it the. The thing is, Messier was uh, quite a deal at the time. We were rooting for, like, I feel like watching it, I was rooting for hockey. Like, yeah. Because Vancouver would have been great if they won. Yeah. And I was watching with somebody from out west. Mm-hmm. But Messier. Yeah. He was my, uh, Oilers were my team. He yeah, was my yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, so great. I think it was like the longest streak in hockey or, as he well. Was, he was like 50 some odd years. Yeah. Yeah. For the Rangers. I think now the Leafs beat it, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it seemed, <laughs> wow, imagine <laughs> going that long. <laughs> yeah. But pretty big. I mean, that's a, a and uh, the games were, 
not entirely close, but it was good hockey. You know what I mean? Like it was an exciting series to go seven games. You sounded like a Sportsnet guy there. Just <laughs> good hockey. Good hockey. Yeah, that was great. Or so I And they followed it up with yeah. the uh, the NHL in all their infinite wisdom. Followed up New York, the center of the universe in North America, winning the Stanley Cup their first in fifty some odd years. Yeah. By locking out the uh, players in September. Oh, right, yeah, because the, the lockout That's happened right. as well. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was in September, so right. I showed up in Toronto mm-hmm. thinking, I'm going to get to watch hockey and baseball and <laughs> no dice, Jamie. Maybe poker. <laughs> Maybe poker. That's, That's when it took off, right? Yeah. Uh, it really took off the next lockout. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, the uh, early 2000s lockout. That's when poker went. Fuck, everyone was like, Texas Hold'em. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, I bought a kit. bored out of your mind. I bought a kit. Did you? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it was like wildfire. Everybody loves Texas Hold'em now. Everybody did. It was I like, was working in pubs, and like we used to have hockey on all the fucking time, and then just suddenly poker was on all the time. I'm like, God. there are other things. How did we land on this? Coronation Street. You've got to watch Coronation Street. A million Street. things to watch. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we this broken? We're like, anything. <laughs> Cards. Cards. But here's the catch. Some people no, can't no, see all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> But <laughs> anyway, 1994. I got some music news I jotted oh, down here. You want to hear something? Lay it on me, man. Okay. Brian Adams uh-huh. plays Vietnam, and it's the first time an artist has played in Vietnam since the end of the war. And it's Brian, it's Brian Adams they choose. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why, but I, yeah. I jotted that one Was down. Was it well-received? Were they like, finally, <laughs> here's what we've been missing. And I understand there was some complaining about with you. waking up the neighbors or something. Oh, my God. Well, the poster has to be that, right? What this have we got? is that era. What have we got here? Um, you mentioned Alice in Chains. Yeah. Jar of Flies becomes the first EP ever to go number one on the Billboard Top 200. Yeah, that's crazy. That's totally crazy. That's a great record, but you say you don't listen to it anymore. Well, I I feel like Alice in Chains was a bit of a time and place thing for me. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Like, I can't. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a grown person with a child and stuff. Like, I can't listen to angry chair seriously, you know, sitting in my angry chair. Like, I got an angry chair, too, but it's my car and I drive to work. <laughs> I don't have time to sit around and be sad. <laughs> oh, God, that's all I have time for. <laughs> I mean, about teenage things. <laughs> sure. It's a very teenage, like, you know, and it really did something for me then, but I just, it's a little melodramatic. Yeah, fair enough. Right? Yep. <laughs> well, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. I mean, Seattle was, for all intents and purposes, it had it had burst like a big supernova. You know, like it, yeah. we were still there in '94, experiencing, you know, the the next wave with. I don't even know. You can say Weezer's a Seattle band, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. There's all these new bands, Green Day, and they all got lumped into that alternative category, but. Um, Nirvana played their last show in March 1st of right. that year. Yeah. Pearl Jam took themselves off the market basically because they were in the lawsuit with Ticketmaster. That's right. when they started their lawsuit with Ticketmaster. Right, right. So it's like... Um, Again, the 90s are in full swing, so we've all, we all drank the teen spirit punch. And, well, I like you know, that. Yeah, and we, you know, uh, and that just like everything, that's the line in the sand now, you know? It's like the, uh, the, 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 the curtain got pulled back and you kind of see like all these rock stars weren't like what we'd gotten at the end of the 80s. Like the 80s were a 
phenomenally interesting decade because of so many different things happening. Right. Like when you really look at how many changes there were in such a short period of time, yep. um, it's fairly wild, but it got so gross and up its own butt by the end of the eighties, like the kind of like live aid vibe of, you know, like just like follow Sting's solo career. And you get, <laughs> do I have to? No. <laughs> <laughs> and like where Sting is at the beginning of the eighties with the police, where he is at the end of the eighties solo is just, a wildly different thing right. and a really self-important kind of thing. Yep. And everything's super image-based, but in kind of a... I mean, it, oh, it's not that the 90s weren't image-based, but it, it just seemed to come by more naturally or felt like it did anyway, and we really felt like we were getting the real deal with a yeah, lot of those, stuff. And with a lot of these people, years. we were. That's why most of them are dead now. Yeah. You know? Because they were really suffering for it. I think that's what it is. Everything was whatever, man. Everything's sold out or fucking pretentious or corporate bullshit. And we didn't right. want that. That's you right. Know? And so there, there, things really had to seem fucking legit yeah, to, to stick yeah. and be, uh, and to last or, or at least even get fucking noticed. And I always like to mention all the albums that are going on around this time period before we really get into what hip album we're talking about because they came up and cut their teeth through an aggressive. Uh, uh, scrutiny period where like if you fucked up a little bit you were fucking out you're gone out yeah you know look at poor Jesus Jones (laughs) 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 anytime I can bring them up I will (laughs) hashtag Jesus I'm thinking of you it it was an intensely uh, uh, difficult period to to to, I I, I think to succeed or communicate with the young uh music fan base because it wasn't just like we're into what's here for us now which I, I kind of feel like I mean this is a broad generalization but I sort of feel like that's a bit of the youth market now is just like whatever is like our stuff like this is for we don't give a shit about your dad rock or whatever yep it's like somebody called me old for listening to the Beastie Boys and I was like what has happened to time <laughs> wow. it was really weird anyway but uh, I, there was a thing like knowing your shit about music and knowing what was legit or where it came from and stuff like that was important like you had to be a bit of a a bit of a music snob to really yep. like talk music you know? yes you, and you know so you had to know why all this shit prior to the 90s stuff was important, why television's important, why Neil Young's career tra- trajectory is massively important to what's going on in 90s rock, you know, like you, all this. And beyond that, you know, you really had to know, or it was certainly fun to, and it definitely made you more interesting to people. <laughs> uh, or made less interesting people seem interesting? I don't know. Anyway, it was good for all of us. So it, it was a, you, you really had to be something intense to maintain or to break through and so i think day for night is as much as fully completely as an absolute statement album and the big moment for the tragically hip uh i feel like day for night is equal to or maybe even more so because at the end of the blow up year of that fully completely has there's a bit of not for everyone but for some people maybe a bit of hip burnout because that album got played to death, right? Yeah. And it has a very particular feel to it. And I mean, we watch the videos on heavy rotation all the time. Yep. We're also dealing with Canadian content, so it's going to get, not only do people like it, but they have to keep playing it to us, you know? So there's a lot of exposure. So, and it doesn't break in the States. So their choices here about real, you know, what they're going to do to write and release a new album is either like fully completely two and take another big swing of the States or just spread their wings, you know, and like kind of dive into artistry and and what, which is what they did. And I think what they did was also write possibly their darkest album, 
which is an interesting time for this all to land because this is not a lot of news this year, but this is a di- dark time period. Kurt Cobain's dead now, man. Yeah. Like everything, this, this this thing that was just starting to unfold in front of our eyes that completely, the, the, the last great sonic boom in the music industry, and there has not been one since uh, Nirvana happened. Nothing like that has happened no. yet, where everything, radio formats changed. They because t- one they, they, song. They tried really hard in 2000. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But no, like, we but had no good records and scenes popped up. Yeah. It wasn't like this. No. You know, like, every, like there was a fucking nuclear explosion that changed music, you know? And so, and a lot of bands got like, washed away with it, you know? Like Faith No More got washed away with it. Absolutely. And that's a great band that we all know now. And like people look back and like, oh yeah, Angel Dust is a fucking masterpiece. But in 1993, everyone was like, fuck that thing. You know, that's North right. America didn't care. Europe was like, more. But when, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, you know, like it washed a lot of stuff away because it was so big and so epic and it just put people on a uh, a different sort of path and so uh, it, and then he's gone Co- Cobain's gone away you know and uh, some of these bands are starting to falter and break up and you know not everyone not everyone liked Super Unknown it was like hey you guys were a little more metal than this I thought you know so we're starting to kind of see chinks in the armor on some of the big groups too like so fast really early and so it's kind of a dark time in the middle of this like we really got this 90s thing down we're making our decade and then, you know, so it is a dark period. And so then Day for Night kind of was the most perfect album they could release at this time period. Because for me, I'm sorry, to, I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, I'm writing notes right now. Okay, cool. This is, this for is, me, I feel like this, this, was the, this was my moment with the band where I was like, I really liked them. I liked them a lot more. And then this came out and it was like the thing where I'm like, I am very much into this. This like this speaks to me far more than anything else has to this point. I lost my mind over this album. It was a total shift. They they just like were like we did the fully completed thing. We're done. We're going this way. So you're either with us, we're not. That's right. That's over now. And it didn't feel forced either, too. And it wasn't like a reveal like U2 with Octoon Baby. It was like no, we're just we're here. We go. You know, this is it. And it's it it sounds stripped down. Yep. uh, Like all that. I mean, it's still really well produced. It's, the production's better. Yeah. It's, it's a very well produced album. The producer of this record, mm. the producers of this yeah. record yes. are Mark Howard, mm-hmm. the Tragically Hip, right. and Mark Freakin. Right. Mark Freakin. I remember reading, uh, I subscribed to the newsletter at the time, and just hearing things like bed sheets over, over uh, staircases mm-hmm. and things like that. They were doing shit like that. So mm-hmm. when I say, you know, not as not as slick produced, I, yeah. you know. They were in England for the other one, and they were yeah. doing all this crazy shit. Yeah, this is just like really DIY kind of, you know. Yeah, like a bed sheet over 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 a amplifier kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh fuck, that's so great. <laughs> that's like, so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was that raw, um, real thing that I think people were really desperate for at this point, you know, and like what they'd been doing. Already, all this time, that that rawness, that sweatiness of the first album, the That's dustiness right. of fully completely, it's it's that there's something. Well, it, it almost it, it it almost their style anyway borderlines on effortless because it's just it's just uh, their open expression, right? Like it never feels like they're trying to capture something that nope. is going on around them, but they've been fortunate that I guess they are just people who are sort of with. The, the flow of the times, you know, like they kind of, it, it always sort of fits a little bit, even though it's not, it doesn't seem like written for that purpose. No. Does that make any sense? It does. Like they're, okay. they're tastemakers just doing this crazy awesome shit that, mm. that. Stands the test of time. Yeah. This is, this is one of the most beloved 
Jeez. And, and so different. The chorus. And this guitar solos are really different on this album, too. They, it's not like your bar rock band, like, I'm going to show off my guitar playing skills. These are long, sustained notes. This is texture guitar playing. Absolutely. On the lead stuff, right? They're like, the solos are... Bordering on jammy, sort of, right? Absolutely, because this is kind of a psychedelic album in ways, too. Yeah. Which is super interesting. Um, and I, I think a couple of songs that you would, uh, on this album had different incarnations prior to being here. Yeah, absolutely. I remember hearing something that like the Grace 2 came about as lyrics because it was the name of like uh, one of his teacher's canoes. Yes, I read something? that same thing as yeah, well. Yeah, right? You know, and, like, and then he spins that into this song we have and like all these other amazing like I don't ever think about a canoe when I listen to that song I, <laughs> I don't imagine. think I've thought of it once and why would you need to but it's so neat that like well that's where it came from and it means this entire other thing you know yes yes and, and I, I don't I don't know if, if it was just that I was paying closer attention at this time or uh, I was listening to a lot more stuff but well let me tell you a, a story let me just start September I stayed an extra year in high school mm-hmm and one of my friends came home, and she was a big Tragically Hip fan, too. I had got her into the hip. And she came back with this cassette, September 93. And somebody had recorded on Much Music the Kumbaya Festival. And the hip closed the Kumbaya Festival that year. Huh. And they played five songs. Um, one of them was a sped-up version of Thugs, uh-huh. which blew my mind. And we'll play for you guys later. One of them was um, Nautical Disaster. Right. And one of them was 50 Mission Cap. Mm-hmm. So during the outro for 50 Mission uh-huh. Cap, Gord was screaming to the sky, him here now, him here now. Grace too the first time uh-huh. and I heard him here now I was yeah. just like, <laughs> like so blown away <laughs> that you know this little trail of breadcrumbs yeah. they had well, been it's leaving it's the only band that has easter eggs yeah that's a great way of putting it it was like so rewarding that mm. I had this little bootleg yeah and I made a couple of my first friends in the university because of this bootleg uh, because I would blast it yeah. and as people were moving in they heard nautical and people would come into my door and, you know, they'd be like, what the fuck is this song? And we'll get there. I'm sorry I'm skipping yeah. a head track. No, no, it's like, hard not to. What the fuck is this song? Yeah. <laughs> this is the tragic hip, right? But they were blown away. Yeah, yeah. It's neat that his, his art is able to do that. And, and, this, and it's fun. You, I, like, I, I like reading lyrics from a guy I can tell or, or a woman I can tell who likes to write and needs to write, but also has fun writing, you know? Like you can take yourself too seriously sometimes, and then it's a, I don't know. It just it, it, yeah, I don't it doesn't vary as much. I don't want to say Bono, but you know what I mean. Well, like yeah, because it, it it, his shit or, got tired, man. It does fucking T I R E D tired yes. Bono, and his lyrics stink now. They're they really garbage. do. It's yeah. rhetoric, mm. and he used to be quite a good writer. I mean, Joshua is 
a masterpiece, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's been a long uh, time since Joshua. And this band really, that we're really talking about spits shit out yeah. consistently. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. consistently. To, to, like to the last moment. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and I guess we're already in it. So let's keep talking about Grace 2 a little bit here. And we're in track for track, I think. Yeah, let's go track for track. Let's go track by track. That is your album out. opener. Grace 2. Kicks off. Open. That's right. Yeah. When I heard Grace 2 the first time, uh-huh. I'm going back in time here because I, to- I told you about this show in Barry where he oh, comes okay. out and he says yeah. these things. Yeah, he's angry. Yeah, yeah. He's pissy. He's yeah. got full of vitriol from people throwing things at uh, um, Danny Lenoir. Right. Who, you know, basically sat down and played yeah. steel guitar yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. after Spirit of the West. Uh-huh. And people were rowdy and they threw things at him and mm-hmm. and he came out and... Um, said some unsavory things and then they launched into grace too right and it was the first time i'd ever heard grace too It's a perfect tone setter. It just, and it is a slow build, but it, it gets it feels so enormous by the end. Uh, it's just got so much depth and uh, texture to it, and it's a cinematic song. It's such a story that there's so much to kind of uh, dig into, and you can oh, see fuck. so much imagery with you know. So it's it's big. It's a big big opening track almost too big where it's like i think when i first got the album i barely listened to daredevil <laughs> right you just kept going back like, and back just give me that again holy shit or i didn't i was still reeling from grace too by the time you know daredevil by the time I, my brain came back together we were already halfway through greasy jungle so right right yeah yeah it was a big um yeah that's it's a it's a huge moment song and it, and i think it's that's how you open the album Man, when I well. saw the video for the, like the intergalactic premiere on Much Music, when I saw the video for Grace Two, I was like, "What are they doing? What is this? I want it. I love it. Oh my god! That weird out of focus video and that 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 baseline creeping in. It was so, uh, it, it, it was magic. I still 
to this day get a little bit of a shiver. No matter how many times I've heard Grace 2. Grace 2 starts, and I'm like, yes, guy. Yeah, I think that's a nice way to... Uh, we've talked about Grace 2 quite a bit here, so let's, uh, let's slide right into Daredevil was the huge task of being the song after Grace 2. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. I feel, ba- I feel bad for Daredevil. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Daredevil's a rock song, but this the, and this album, I think more, this is the album really where the lyrics like this kind of thing. I'm sorry, I'm really just sort of <laughs> freestyling here a bit, but like the lyrics really um, get on a, a really open uh, track here, and like there's a lot happening, but it, he fits them into boxes where they shouldn't, which is something he was like doing a little bit with the early records, but later it's he's a master of it that unusual cadence, then he figures out how to put words and phrases into places that they shouldn't be in rock songs, but they still feel like tight rock songs. You know what I mean? And Daredevil's fucking phenomenal for that. There's just... Uh, phenomenal. For, for me, the song, uh, one of the lyrics is uh, starts to spin and spin, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this song definitely has, like, musically, uh, it feels like it's tumbling forward. It feels like you're, you're you know, in sort of this... I don't. I've never listened to the song and said, "Oh, I feel like I'm in a diving bell," but yeah, yeah, but or a barrel or whatever. But but there is this sort of tumbling forward, this you know, almost vertigo type feeling uh, of this song to me, um, like really rock and roll on a record that is not uh, littered with rock and roll. No, this is a pretty laid back album. Yeah, this is definitely you know one of the few up really up tempo tracks through the whole through, yeah. through the whole track. Yeah, and it, and it needs to be there too. Like right off, you you like I think almost. To, to put put the listener at ease, like this isn't just like uh, going to be some space slug. Like we no. uh, don't worry. Um, okay, so track <laughs> track three. Yeah, going greasy. back to his going back to yeah. his uh, artistry with with lyric. Yeah, there is a, a stanza in this song. That I, I remember my friend telling me about years ago, and he he just said this is the most brilliant stanza that I've ever mm. heard, like mm-hmm. poetry or not. And yeah. it's it's the one um, uh, I stood at your sink uh-huh. and I felt your warm water. I washed your dishes, and I looked at your kitchen window where I saw a soulful gymnast melt into the air and shudder just above the rim, making moves that just weren't there. Yeah. What the fuck yeah, is yeah. that? Like, I, I mean, would, I gave you a whole verse. I know. Well, listen, I also want to just, uh, for, the, for the listener, uh, let them know that uh, Jamie just recited that while looking dead into my eyes. It was not <laughs> read off a page by any means. It was very effective, too, to feel you looking right inside me. Um, it's and- so good. 
Yeah, I like Greasy Jungle because Greasy Jungle is in this dark album, like a slow and kind of darker song, but it has a a smirk to it that's I think unique to the album um, or unique on this album rather um, interesting second single Greasy Jungle I would have never guessed that no no or even thought of it as really a single again not very singly no not no, very no, second no. singly like it and doesn't I, feel like it's correcting for anything uh, no no and it's funny what, what does sort of correct because at the time this, this album's being met with mixed reviews yeah big time all music gave it two and a half yeah yeah two and a half it's silly really as fucking fuck. crazy because I mean I feel like I mean there's Definitely the people who will always be like, fully completely, that's the record. And then there's a ton of people who, if they don't say that, it, if it's not that, it's this. I agree. This, I is, the, this is the pocket, as you said. Yeah, yeah. This, like 100%. Three or four years yeah. there where it's like they, they could do no wrong. I'd say you'd be in a, like an 80 percentile of Tragically Hip fans. Their, their favorite album or rank number one would be this or fully completely. I agree. I would assume. Yeah. Um, but it started off uh, a little shaky, like Grace 2, like I embraced. I was like, oh, yes, please, finally, this is what I've been Give waiting for. This is what I want out of this band. This is, you know, like, yes, yes, finally we're here, you know. Yeah. like, um, and But a lot of people were like, oh, but I like New Orleans. Is saying, That's <laughs> right. Put down your, put down, uh, hey, and I like Labatt 50, but yeah. put down your Labatt 50 for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Pick up this marijuana cigarette. Yeah, yeah, right. And just enjoy yeah. yourself, please. It's a, it's a fine stoner <laughs> record, too. You know? Um uh, there's just this kind of weird off-center playful tone with that lead guitar line too. Yeah. Everything's a little. Yeah, this is a marijuana. This is the. This is where you. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you've lit your marijuana cigarette. That's you know? right. You yeah, know, you're powering it down during Daredevil, and now you're here, and you're like, <laughs> Yeah, what's going on? I am in. Tell me a story, Gore. <laughs> so, so this um, a couple things that were interesting from one of the resources that I go to a lot for for this tragic lip stuff, yeah. and you know, is obviously we have our own experiences, but there's that museum website, which is amazing, amazing, uh-huh, amazing. And uh, when you talk about playfulness, I thought the one thing that was really funny was the the opening lyric is "Greasy Jungle Metropolis Noir," mm-hmm. and um, it re- that this song on, on the website has recently been updated with a picture of Nabob Coffee which is uh, called Dark City Roast. And in French, Dark City Roast is Metropolis Noir. Oh, no. Now, whether or not that's a Gord thing, where he saw that and he wrote it in his notebook, I yeah. don't know. But uh-huh. like, because I think of Metropolis Noir, I think of like movie stars. Yeah. And, I don't yeah. know, France that, or something. That's all I've ever thought. But you tell me that a copy Nabob. bag, I'm like, it's that. It has to be. <laughs> right? So there's, there's rumors that this song is about... Um, uh, the funeral about them driving to Ottawa to go to a funeral, mm-hmm. but um, that's maybe where the funeral home sandwiches come from, and right. or a funeral home coffee, or, right? Right, um, so interesting. And that might be where the overall darkness for this record comes yeah, as well. Maybe. It's like somebody that was close to them passes away, yeah. and they go into the studio and start laying down stuff, and it's like mm-hmm. it's just dark. We're you know, we're yeah, not, we're not, we're not okay right now. Things that's are right. a little bit of a bummer, man. Um, track four, yawning or snarling. Glare and bladder alike 
This is, um, I remember thinking, this is one of those ones that makes me feel dumb now that I felt, <laughs> that, that I felt, yeah, yeah, that I felt it was so clever back in the day. I remember yeah. just thinking like, but you don't understand. Okay. So I'm into my cigarette now. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm into oh, it. Yeah. I, I'm stoned and I'm like, <laughs> but you don't understand a photograph. <laughs> is just a moment in time and he could have been yawning or something. Think about when you smile, you know, it just looks so weird. And yeah, yeah. And I thought that was so fucking brilliant. And then you come down and you're like, oh, well, that wasn't that brilliant. But well, it's not not brilliant. No, no, no. It's but still, there are moments. This is a album. moody fucking song. Big time. Uh, when Dan El Paso, the cops go into the crowd. And that, I mean, that now, this is a very heated time period. That is that is quite. I was a, just gonna say the same thing. Now it means so much different. Yeah, yeah. But like, even then, I thought about it a lot. You know, yeah. like, that was a big like. It felt very dangerous. Oh yeah, and like Fuck. things were unraveling. And I, you know, I went to like some uh, anti-racism rallies and stuff when I was a teenager. When like there was the the, the uh, what were they called? Heritage Front. Oh, the Heritage Front. Heritage Front neo-Nazi dingbongs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I have the cops just being everywhere and just like ready to go. And I'm like, it, like I remember looking at the cops and I was being more, more worried to see them move. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Because that means okay. sums up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not okay. No. You know, in every kind of way. So yeah. The, and the, the 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 creeping baseline of this song as well. And that you know, one day in El Paso, the cops go into the crowd. And I don't even know what he's uh, talking nope, about. I'm like either. on the edge of my seat. That's right. And every, that's still yeah. today. And that's like, where it begins. That's yeah. where he starts with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's menacing. There's something, there's something rotten looming. Okay, now we get into. Uh, I'd like to stand up soon and show. Is yeah, that the yeah. one? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fire in the hole, my friend.
Now, Fire in the Hole feels like it's going to be the I'll be leaving you tonight track, right? Yes. But yes. it fucking isn't. It's not at all. No. It's nuanced. Yes. This song is, is I mean, if they, I suppose if, if it's what you see is what you get with the first, with the opening and the first verse and the chorus, then maybe it does turn into that. But there's something nuanced about it as we go further into the song. Um, the, you know, sort of the breakdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when he turns his bucket over and turns yeah. his lanterns low. Yeah, yeah. And then it just kicks in. And it's like, oh, God damn it. I am, I am riveted at this point in the mm-hmm. record. I am all in, to yeah. use a, a poker oh, yeah. analogy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Texas Hold'em. <laughs> Texas Hold'em. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, yeah. this is, they've got me. They've got yeah. me. I'll go out and buy the record again. Yeah. You know, just yeah. because. Totally. I bought this album more than once. Fuck. Um, <laughs> and it's, and there's a, produ- like, it's it's not just a, oh, here's our, your rock track, because the lyrics are so much more, but there's a shift in production where the vocals are going to sit in this song, so it feels off kilter. While it's cooking along too, there's almost like a a, a megaphone vibe to his voice, but not sure. that, not that shitty. No, nope. agreed, agreed. <laughs> but the rate, it's like it's 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 in a different spot, right? So the album, this track has an entirely different identity at this point, and it's it's doing something else. Like each each track now at this point, Grace to Daredevil, Greasy Jungle, Nong, Yawning or Snarling, they're all doing something very different. Tugging in a lot of different directions. Yeah, yep. but it somehow it has this through line. There's like a color that remains the same over top of all of it that, that holds it all together, that this isn't just a collection of songs where like I could, if I was going to say anything negative about Fully Completely as an album, is that it doesn't feel flow like quite like an album as much as it is 12 songs that were written at the same time. It's like a greatest hits up until now sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. You know, like they all fit together fine, yep. but it doesn't, it, you know, in this where these songs are quite different really have this there's there's some central theme or there's some central energy that's keeping them in line absolutely and even, even with a shift in production yep still um i don't know and, and i i guess that's what i have to say about fire in the hole because i can't wait to talk about the next three songs so fucking bad all right um uh so hard done by this is a track that had existed for a while yeah they had a sped up version for yeah. fully completely which I mean, if I had heard the sped up version first, maybe I'd be more appreciative of it. But uh, the song is supposed to be mid tempo and is, yeah, without question, one of my deep, deep, mad love favorites. I go bananas for So Hard Done By. Refusing to be celebrated It's a monumental big screen kiss It's so deep it's meaningless One day just There's so much happening here That right. groove bass line it gets like It is a really sexy song About really not sexy things uh, <laughs> And it's... <sighs> What the hell is it about? Uh, well, that's the thing, man. It's about a lot of stuff, and it's all these this this kind of griminess and like so this sort of beauty of despair 
right? And is like, is that why he's so hard, so hard done died? No, it's not quite, but it, it's close. You know, so there's all these things, you know, this, this, and you know, that make you your own sort of sense of so hard done by. There's a lot of like uh, CD bar vibe in this too, and we have like a stripper motif going on. And, like, right. and I yeah. always think of this like a dingy bar. And I was thinking of my buddy who sang this at a, a thing we did. And he was the MC for the night, and the, he happened to sing this song and leaned into the MC line really hard. So I always think of my buddy Kirksey when I hear this song. So that's nice too. But and it has oh, no. this, it has this like cabaret, dirty like band on the edge of a broken, filthy stage thing going on, and it's like, but it's still romantic. And even if it is a big screen movie, kiss so deep, it's meaningless. You know, like there's the okay. sh- the, the show, the the the, the, the flourish of, of celebrating your despair. You know what I mean? I can hear that. Yeah, like I can there's get, a, a I can tone of that, that in there that I, I guess it's so fucking 90s. <laughs> it's wonderful, though. Just wonderful. Like there's, there's this sincerity of the, uh, of the, the, the crime that I can't, uh, I can't uh, not fully enjoy every time. The song starts as a very specific tone to those drums, and I just know that it's so hard done by, and I love that mid-tempo groove. It just, it, 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 it's, it just creeps into the room. There's so many things that really, really turn me on with music, and and one of the things is is, is sort of a the, the, that sort of celebration of the the dark, gross stuff, you know, and a little bit of desperation, and that's in this song, and I I, I love it as a uh, as, for being kind of showy, like it is an MC displaying this sort of like CD culture, you know, but at the same time, there's an honesty to it and a, and a dynamite groove that. I don't know. Just it checks the, all the boxes for me. I'm just I, I love this song. So this is a uh, maybe one you're putting in this your pocket. This is an absolute contender for mine. Wow! You would be hard pressed to go through day for night without you have to hear this song. Really? Yeah. Yeah. This uh, it's um, a big contender for me. I it's like strong, this song for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh sure. This is a like, not a love for me. Mm-hmm, right. But I'm gonna revisit it for yeah. sure. Yeah. Just oh, it's there's such a I mean it's it's those lines leading into you know interest, interesting and sophisticated refusing to be celebrated oh good lord that's a what a what a stage that sets for then the monumental big screen kiss line to follow that it's a, yeah it's very good it's very cinematic and uh, yeah I, I I appreciate its scope six singles on this record oh, yeah. so hard done by was the fourth one. That is bonkers. And I don't recall the video for this, if there I is don't, one. I don't It might either. have been just a radio single. I remember the video for Thugs. Yeah. I remember the video, for, obviously, for Grace 2 and Nautical Disaster. Jeez, oh, I don't know. Is there... I don't remember the video for Nautical, even. It's, to, it's me, not, well, to me, it's a song I close my eyes for. Yeah, so. well, let's, uh, it's the next track, yes? Yeah, okay, number seven. Well, so let's get into that. Coast of France, dear. But afternoon, for thousand 
This was a big, big, big song for them. Yeah, I would say so. This was a song that fans were anticipating. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that, I mean, I was very aware that that song was born out of the uh, the, the jam of New Orleans is sinking. And like a lot, like my friend, we all knew that. No Canadian musician would be complete without a song about a nautical disaster. This song is called Nautical Disaster.
is? You see how hard it is? It's real hard. Well, there's a light bulb hanging on a wire, sucking up to someone just to stoke the fire. Picking up the highlights of the scenery. Saw some little clouds, they looked up. And, but this is, you know, 1994 or whatever, right? Somewhere we are. Okay. Yep. And so there isn't Wikipedia and, you know, the Internet isn't really doing anything fun for us yet. Uh, so, like, this was just this word of mouth thing that just kind of spread around. It just was like common knowledge. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you know that song came out of North Oh, yeah, 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 I know that. People were literally trading tapes. Like, it, was, I yeah, it, was a, it was a big thing. It was, like, it was, it was different yes. than everything. Yes. You know. Um, and this, I love that this, and there's also for the people who are a little frightened by Grace 2, and like maybe radio formats were like, what the fuck is this rock and roll band? Everything's getting weird. And then this is the, and this is what they latched onto is like, here's your steady, tragically hip song, but which is insane to me because this is a huge hit single that does not rhyme and doesn't have a chorus. No, and no, you're right. You're you're right? absolutely it's right. Fucking, there's no repetition really, and it's, it's just it's just a fucking story over a fucking dynamite jam, and, and that's dark. That is nuts. That really is, That's now that you say that. nuts. That was pretty ballsy Nothing for rhymes, 94. no chorus. Hit single. Fucked up. Because, again, going back to your list, 94, you've mm-hmm. got Green Day. You've oh, got yeah. Dookie coming out, which yeah. is like these two-minute and 30-second like, power pop. Oh, you yeah. know, and Hook City. The Blue Album by Weezer. You know, Hook City, right? Mm-hmm. Like, lots more as yeah. well. But, I mean, this is so radically different than yeah, that. Absolutely. And yet, they were... Sharing top of the charts. 100%. This record sold 300,000 copies in its first four days wow. in Canada. Wow. Like, that's unprecedented. Yeah. They're really big. And I, and I love this song. There's such a magic to it. 
um, because it doesn't feel like anything else, you know. And even on this album that is a very unique album for their sound and a very uh, unique moment for them, this song has such a strange and huge life. And it's and it's it comes at a great spot in this album because we're what are we track seven now? Right? Yeah. This is there's no filler yet. Like we've been on quite a ride here, and then there's this big mountain peak here in the middle of the album, and it, it, it's quite glorious to have it land here, you know, and to come after something like uh, that's a little hypnotic, like uh, uh, so hard done by. It's, yeah, uh, it's 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 quite a ride this record, and uh, yeah, more so than maybe more than any album of theirs. This one has a real deep album feel. It's, um, you know, they all have their own kind of thing. The songs always hang out together, and there's a great vibe for the albums, but this one has such a intense journey. Um, like, later we'll, get to, we'll yeah. get to we'll get to songs like Emergency, which are on a, in a completely different path, and they, they, yeah. all, they all have this different way. They're, they're kind of, you know, poking out into your ears and into your mind, but they all come from the same muddy swamp. Oh. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> all right, so... One last thing on this. To me, this is the beginning. Absolutely. Uh, this song marks like Gord Downey is, he's transcending lyricist at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you, you summed it up perfectly. So I hate to you know piggyback onto it mm-hmm. five minutes later, but this song doesn't rhyme. Mm-hmm. It's so visual. Yeah. Kicked off the pant leg, scratching down my hull. Oh, yeah. Like just, there's yeah. these visual things that you can just... They're, they're so, gosh, I can't even think of the word, um, like palpable. Like yeah. it, it, you can be there, I can't, you know, on this boat. I can't even tell. And it's the words he uses to paint the picture. Yes. And I get fixated on them. Yes. When I think about, you know, uh, like parasites might in your blood. Yes. And how the phrasing of that is nuts, yes. too. How that rolls is really bananas. But also, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thrashing Holy madly fuck. in the, you know, like that's, and I, and I, and I get such a, such a, my mind paints pictures for me on that. And I wonder why he decided to say it like that and why he's so right like that. It's so, it's such a wild thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, it really is, uh, if, if courage on fully completely was his statement as for how he was going to go forward as a writer, which I think it is and was, uh, th- this is the moment where the, the, the real, Beast is unleashed here, and he's he's really pushing himself to to paint with his words and to not do what everybody else does. Love it, yeah. yes, right, bang on, god damn, what, like just to see somebody just so in the perfect moment, like yeah. riding their peak. You know, if this is the peak, I won't say it is, but you know, like the, the tidal wave of their popularity and acceptance, and we want more, and it's just like, well, here's my best, then you know, like really something. Quite a, quite a thing to be a part of as a, oh, I have goosebumps. a teenager. <laughs> I have goosebumps. So we go back into the swamp with the next track, number eight, mm-hmm. and it's Thugs. Yeah. And again, mid-tempo, yeah. very swampy sort of vibe to yep. it. But this song had an earlier life. And right. I want to play that earlier life if you're all right with that. Yeah, yeah, please, because I don't know it. we 
This works. You are so hard done by, doesn't it? No, yeah, exactly. That's this just, is very good. <laughs> just that that yeah, that groove. The groove is extremely good. Like you can picture Gort Sinclair just. Yeah. Oh boy. Ooh. And I love the little. Yeah. Yeah. He's able to work the uh, the country uh, uh, falsetto pop uh, yes. uh, more into the slow version, but I'm glad it's still there in the up tempo. Wow, this is great! He's got a shit-eating grin on his face the sure. whole time oh, he's singing this. This might have been a very big hit like this. I think so. Mm. I say, okay, well, I hear why they slowed it down, though. All right, I want to hear, I want to hear that. Because uh, you lose the dynamics of the chorus a bit there. Okay. It's a bit. It stays. It stays all in one place, and there there is a there's a push up. There's a swell in uh, in our in, in the in the in the real version. You know, in the in the album version and single version, um, it is slower. But there's these when it when we get into he's going to do the rolling and you do the detail. It's it's there's an expansion of the sound. It gets very big. It doesn't pick up tempo. Okay. But it swells, and that stayed in the same boogie. There's nothing wrong with that. But no. I hear dynamics. I understand why they slowed down. Again, this album, they really were ready to be patient. It's a mature, patient album. They had some songs. There's 14 tracks on this record, right? They they were busy. Um, God, that's awesome, though. That was really good. (laughs) So that's that's an alternate version I could really have time for. That's great. And this is cool because you did hear it after. Like mm-hmm. I heard it first, so oh wow, it's that always must have been, been my—it's always been my oh, favorite. But I, you, you're liking it down in the swamp. I do this I like record. it so yeah. much. There's slow, steady grooves, and it just you because you really get a sense of the words. And again, the words are so good. And this is another one that's very cinematic, and I just love that everyone has their breaking point. For me, it's spiders. For you, it's me. Come on. So that is from a movie, actually. Oh, is it? Yes. What it's movie? Actually, from Are a you movie. Fucking kidding me? No, I looked it up on that website, and I'll look it up again right now so that I can say it into the yeah, microphone. Yeah. Okay, great. So, hiphead Andrew discovered this interesting tidbit, mm-hmm. which links Day for Night to yet another film. I was watching an old movie called The People That Time Forgot, and at the thirty-five minute and thirty-second mark, a character says a line that begins the lyrics to Thugs. As the actress started the line, the song popped into my head, and I wondered if she was going to say the whole thing. And she did. <laughs> Get the fuck The, the line out. of the dialogue is, well, everyone has their breaking point, McBride. With me, it's spiders. And with you, it's me. What the fuck? Right? My mind is blown. Also because I've seen that movie. Of course you have. <laughs> You've probably seen it multiple times. No, probably just once or twice, but it had dinosaurs in it, so I was going to watch that. And then, like, my love of trash cinema 
Get the fucking fuck out. My mind is blown. <laughs> oh, my cool? God. McBride. Ugh. I love that it's McBride. <laughs> Gord. Oh, if he had that line in there, too. Could you imagine that song with McBride thrown in? Oh, the best. See, this is the thing, man. You listen to these songs for all these years, and yeah. you have your whole idea in your head, and it means one thing to you, and he had this other idea about like, where it came from. Like All the crazy things to lift a fucking line from. The People the Time Forgot is a piece of shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that line's incredible. That line is incredible. It's very good. And him and striking sung, McBride out of there. devastating. Oh, yeah. Devastating. Yeah. It's so, like so, one of my very favorite opening lines of a song I it, can think of. It's that good. Wow. Yeah. Because it just says, it says everything about yeah. this relationship oh my God. that you're about to hear about, right? Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, thugs in perpetuity. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just such great, like, I mean, just, who doesn't like to say perpetuity? What a wonderful word. <laughs> well, and you don't get that in pop songs. Ninety-eight you know? percent of pop singers do not like to say perpetuity. Perpetuity. This is, this oh is, my god. This is Gordon Edgar Downey. Oh, Jesus, yeah, is yeah, right. Very nice man alive. Thugs. Yep. And an interesting choice is a single. Agreed. Uh, uh, not what you would. Uh, like. Was emergency a single? Nope. Yeah. See, emergency seems like it should be a single. Um, it has that vibe to it. But, I mean, I, not that I don't find the catchiness in there. I mean, Thugs was a successful single and it had that black and white video with the kind of bank robbery thing going on. And it did very well. But I can't imagine an, uh, an executive somewhere going, we need to move more units of this record. Yeah, in the that's spring, the one. You yeah. know, after it comes out, release after, Thugs. Like, when you got like Greasy Jungle 
That and was the second single. Is that the, oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, Yawning or Snarling, that's not a single, is it? Nope. Yeah. So it was uh, Grace 2, then Grace Jungle, mm-hmm. then Nautical. Grease Jungle doesn't have a video, though. There's no video for that. Grease Jungle is the one with the cat. Is there a video? I think so. It's oh, like shit. it's like there's a camera on okay. a cat, so oh. you're, you're seeing the point right. of view of the cat the right. whole time. Yeah. Right. Forgettable video. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> so anyway, strange. Man Alive. Thugs is, uh, I think, a magical tune. Love it. And, and I love the dynamics of the slowdown, and I love the patience uh, displayed. So, well, you know. A mature band doing good things, and then you go to track nine, yeah, and you get you know a band that has just used the word perpetuity, yeah, in a song, yes, with a chorus that is, I thought you beat the inevitability of death to death just a little bit, yeah. I thought you beat to death the inevitability of death just a little bit, <laughs> like what the <laughs> what a tongue twist, I know it's wonderful. Good. And it's got such good cadence. It sounds so amazing. Fucking fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, nice rhythmic, you know, little machine gun ticka 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 syllables yeah. hitting you. It's very, very good. This uh, is a this is as close to like hard rock yeah. as the, these guys have gotten a while. Sure. Like the beginning of it is, you know, sort of rocky and yeah. puffy lips and glistening yeah, skin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it slides away from that. It's elusive. It's like you think you think you feel where we're going, but then we get into the not tongue twister, but that but that chorus, which has such a staccato like uh, 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 you know machine gun delivery, yep. but it still has a gentleness to it. Strangely, because he doesn't deliver it hard, right? He doesn't sing it hard at you. He lets the it falls the, out of his mouth, right. sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which gives but it so, this like whatever, again, little groove going on. Again, yeah. we're all everything's from the same mud. Yeah, we need to we need to um, put a put a pause here for a moment and just say there's a lot of um, Gord Downey talk here, and yeah. you know what a yeah. wonderful move he's made from 
talking about werewolves, you mm-hmm. know, eating your right. heart off your sleeve yeah, yeah. to like talking about the inevitability of death. Mm-hmm. But this fucking this band, band. <laughs> this Good fucking Lord. band, the bass work on this album is remarkable. Yeah. It's really clever and thoughtful. And it, it is also quite patient because it isn't, uh, it, it isn't about just blasting through all the time. Right. You gotta, yeah. Um, it's a, well, Grace too is not yeah. blasty. Like, well, it's, it's like so what, uh, you know, what they said about, uh, they said, I've heard this said about, um, uh, Miles Davis, and David Gilmore, um, uh, as good as they are, it's about the notes they aren't playing. Man, oh, you, know, well, yeah. you just like to uh, who wouldn't like stuff. a compliment like that? Yeah, about it's them. the greatest, That's the best yeah. compliment oh, you could God, ever imagine. Yeah. And I think that a great bass player really will, will follow that. You know, and this yeah. album's full of that kind of great bass playing. And we talked about it a bit earlier with the um, the guitar solos on this album. There are some traditional and like really fucking well played guitar solos, but a lot yeah. of it is texture. Texture, 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 long sustained notes, really giving a, a, a vibe as opposed to a check it out. You know what that's I mean? That's right. And that's that's very good songwriting. And, yeah. And it get and, and and being able to pull off a somewhat psychedelic album in this era, you know, uh, with the anticipation that was also surrounding them leading up to this album, coming out of Foley. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A polished, you know, rock machine. Yeah. <clears throat> Not All right. like an ACDC rock machine, but you know, like a, no, yeah. a much better rock machine. <laughs> well, uh, I can never say his last name, but that producer for Fully Completely, I mm. mean, he, he had a hard rock pedigree, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, very, that's how he produced it. He, yeah. He produced it really and slick great, sounding good. and it's great. Good. They have one of those. And yeah. I, and I love that they were a band that were like, okay, we did that. Next, you know, that's right. Here we go. Um, but yeah, it should never be uh, lost how important everyone in this band is. No, exactly. Yeah. And a guy like Gord is never going to be able to stretch his wings and uh, expand himself and be such a, such a great frontman with, without having such a steady, reliable, uh, intelligent band behind him. No one succeeds like that without the help of this kind of backing. Agree. Yeah. One of these days we're going to disagree. <laughs> I'm just like, agreed. Yes. And then I'm out of here. <laughs> Goes Good, down. Goodbye. Okay, let's talk about this piece of shit song, Scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is on so many mixtapes I made. This is, again, in the classic, tragically hip vein of creating a makeout song yeah. that you should make you out should to. Make out to. <laughs> it's just like god this yeah. but this song given you know given another lyricist would would be so schmaltzy yeah and that's not to say that the music is schmaltzy because it's not but but it it is sort of that um cdg type song right mm-hmm. like um or it's just this acoustic ballad yeah. yeah you know that we grew up listening to one of each on every right right and you this know? and this lands down you're like oh is this my wheat kings you know that's right yeah yeah and like, did he just talk about focus groups <laughs> 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 oh man yeah, yeah to be a to be a fly on the wall for some of those notebook sessions god yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a defanged destroyer limps into the bay mm-hmm like again, so visual. Like, what was he watching? What was he doing? What was he thinking? Yeah. This is powerful, powerful stuff in it this really song. It really is. And uh, this, and 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 you can listen to this song and weep. 
mm-hmm. and not know what the fuck you're weeping about. Yeah. <laughs> you know? God. It's this pretty, um, intimate acoustic song, and you feel like you're supposed to make out with somebody. Uh, and he does talk about focus groups, but that they prove that this is all nothing but cold calculation, and that's that is scary. And he tells you off the top, he's like, "I can make you scared." It's kind of what I do. Yeah. And there's this menace under all this beauty. Yeah. It just hangs out there, the darkness. You know, it's just behind all of it, and it's really. Remarkable, like this. I, I, any other, any other band in this era, you know, gets the, like you know, you're sitting down and start writing tracks, and your guitar player busts this riff out, and like you'd be thinking, here's our hit, you know, absolutely, yeah, here's our here's our ballad hit, baby. That's and right. Instead, home sweet home. You know, the angle is gonna, yeah, exactly. Home sweet home. <laughs> Perfect. On a lesser hip album, if they're is such a thing and mm-hmm. at this point I don't know mm-hmm. the point that we're at right now there mm-hmm. hasn't been really no um, this is a this is number one with a bullet like this is a, mm-hmm. a great great song so yeah. was Nautical so was oh yeah you know like this but this, right, uh, that's where we are here in. and there isn't a even close to a misfire no do you disagree audience yeah let us know yeah mm-hmm. okay so scared followed by an inch an hour
And I've done the math on this. Yeah. And it works out. Oh. An inch an hour is two feet a day. Ah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was one of those, like, when I was in university, again, one of those, like, things where I was just like, this guy is so yeah, fucking smart. I know, like, I this know. rhymes and this works. I was smoking so much weed in 1994 <laughs> to through 2000. Uh, and, oh, yeah, yeah. And a lot of this stuff, I was like, oh, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, and uh, this is a very pot-friendly album. They're a pot-friendly band too. They, yeah, you know, they yeah, have their own rolling papers. Absolutely, they're interested yeah. in investing in stuff. We'll get to that in, uh, maybe in another episode. Um, and it's an hour, which almost should be another. I'll believe in you. Yes, but, but it's not. But it isn't. No, anymore. I don't think so. I mean, we're really into something else here. And when they eat, when they lean, when they're like, okay, we'll give you your rocker. It's like they can't, they can't just coast through a song anymore. Yeah, I'll tip my hand. Like I don't think there is one on this record. No, it's, I it's all over it. And this is fourteen tracks. Yeah, but even the ones that I don't like as much, mm-hmm. like a so hard done by. Yeah, and like an impossibilium. Mm-hmm. There's phrases or there are guitar parts. There's something that, memorable in yes, every track. Yes. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> what a perfect record. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, like in Engine Hour, I kind of put a little bit in the same category, not not in a negative one, but it fits in DNA with like a little bit of like Daredevil and Fire yeah. of the Hole. Yeah. It sits with those, but those are like these really interesting rock songs. That's right. You know? And maybe it's, it's uh, maybe we're waxing so fucking poetic on this record mm-hmm. here, but it's like. No, this was maybe, a big, this was big, man. This is like fully completely was like a big seller and super important. But this, this for me, this was the the moment album. Yeah, you need those. You need those seven point five and eight point five songs mm. to like exist with these tens. Because if the whole record was tens, yeah, your head would explode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what you I mean. And there are some tens then. on this record. Yeah, there yeah. are some tens. Quite a few. Quite a few. God. Um. So let's actually move forward because I really want to talk about emergency. liked it but over time i've grown to really like it and we've talked about there being you might disagree with me here but we've talked about uh, there being on a lot of their albums something that like there's some track that feels like the 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 uh, uh, the, the easter egg the little like hint of the future okay and i feel like emergency is very much one of those but it's not the next album because it doesn't sound like Hen house and it doesn't sound like uh, uh, Phantom Power. It sounds like mm, Violet Light. Interesting. Like it okay. feels like where they are there. There's something about it's the where his vocal sits. It's a soaring kind of almost pop song, but like not a cheap trick kind of power pop, but it's a, a different sort of breed, you know. And it, it has such a I don't know. There's this. Um, 
I'm shocked this wasn't a single. Uh, me too. It's so catchy mm-hmm. and it soars. It's yeah. a big soaring song, yeah. right? Yeah. Got an identifiable chorus. Like this is like a, one of the more structured tunes on the album, and I mean that in a good way. No, sure. Um, of, of its sort of like build up like here's our verse here's our pre-chorus here comes the chorus and we're gonna fucking rock back down you want a little bit of solo frickin' to do here you go and we're gonna keep soaring <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a feeling to it and I love it. and it's like the, the tone the title and the lyric matches the energy emergency like I feel it man I feel the, the there's a little bit of desperation in this track but it's like the, the really fucking good kind and, there is and there's yeah. bizarrely there's a call to action yes um, you know, your fingers start to wiggle and landscapes emerge. And um, that was something that he'd been using on tour. He definitely used it on the tour that I saw in the summer of 93. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Clackwatt Sound. And he was like, do you know what do you know what, um, do you know what? what it means when your fingers, when you're in Clackwatt Sound, you raise your hands and you wiggle your fingers. That means consensus. It means consensus. You wiggle your fingers, fingers and landscapes emerge. And it was just like, <laughs> I was like, Who are you? Yeah, I remember that 25 years later. Yeah, that's and amazing. That was the first day I was legally allowed to drink. Oh, so, well, yeah. So I, you know, I went out of my way to try and hurt Wiggle myself. Your that fingers, day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I remember that moment vividly. I think yeah. it's on the Hex and Kettle video as well, the, mm-hmm. the uh, video release of that tour, yeah. that uh, Roadside Attraction tour. But yeah, this should have been a single. And I would have I would have put this as my last track as well. If I'm resequencing the record, which yep. up until this point I wouldn't touch a thing. Right. Yeah, because we go we go in a different way to get out of here. Yeah. Um Well, I mean okay. Here's uh if it could be the last track, absolutely, but if you end on next track, Titanic uh, Terrarium, that could be an outro song. It feels it feels like an end. I, I really like the lyrics in the songs. They are sort of pothead philosophical musings. Yeah, you know, like wondering about the good of your blimp driver if he knows anything about making rubber tires, and that's cool. You know, and when I first heard that, I was like, Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck does that guy know? You know? That's the whole thing. That's their thing. That's what everyone thinks about is that and that guy's driving that thing, but he doesn't do their thing. He doesn't do their thing. He doesn't do their thing. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's great. Um, and I feel like this song is almost like a, just like a lot of those, like these sort of like thoughtful musings, you know. And after spending this like kind of intense uh, go through of like sonic exploration and a oh, yeah. lot of ideas happening, you know, this sort of like peaceful wonderment at the end.
Yeah, coming back to Terrarium, um, you know, like the three times that he comes back to it, mm-hmm. or three or four times yeah. that he comes back to it, um, the way he sings it, like mm-hmm. the rest of it, he's not really singing, mm-hmm. but he sings that word, Terrarium. Yeah, nicely. And, uh, yeah, and really it has nicely. that weird, unsettling quality to it that a lot of this... Yeah, it is sort. Of, yeah, it is sort of. There's a lurking menace. Yeah, there, yeah, exactly. It's all there. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So I've always felt like this should be the end of the album, for me. Okay. Like I, I like going out on a weird, like soft note. You know. Yeah. You know, what? it just reminds me of like a. This is no, it's not the same year, uh, but we did talk about uh, Beastie Boys' "Check Your Head," yeah, and which is a big fucking crazy album, and it's a sonic sonic exploration as well. And then you have a Namaste at the end, where it's MCA is fucking on this. It's a real chill and a lot of swimmy sounds, and he's, you know he's like, you know, and she said, uh, "Darkness is not the opposite of light; it's the absence of light." And I thought, man, she really knows what she's talking about, you know. And, that, and I was like, I love that. That's how that album ends and fades out is just <laughs> great just great so i like a nice psychedelic end out like you know a real calm down at the end. it'd be a nice book and whisper grace too as like well. slip away into the night you know uh, and but the, the problem is they do it too <laughs> i don't have a problem with the possibility I like it better than a lot of. I like it better than a lot of songs on up to here. Yeah, I would say so I'll as say well. That. Yep, I would say so as well. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. 
Uh, it, it would make the cut rather on on one of those records. It would stand out like a sore thumb. But. Right. Yeah. Sure. But, but yeah. as far as my appreciation, absolutely, of course, and no. drive to go listen to it again. You know. Yeah. Because um, as my 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 taste for them is it's kind of like a a growing thing where you know it started like I like them, I like them a lot, I like them very much. I'm in love. Like it was it was a building sort of thing, and and it, almost my opinions of the albums kind of go that way too. Except I would probably flip. I like Road Apples more than fully completely. We'll have to, yeah. We'll save that. We'll save that for <laughs> Is the that end. A thing later. Yeah, yeah that, I that's think well. So. Listen, there's 14 albums to do. Yeah, I'm just saying at this stage in my we'll rank list, our top 10 because then it goes all there. Then it's a roller coaster. So. Oh shit, yeah. But at this point, it, it is a little bit like that, right? And yeah, so it's yeah. just such a great pocket at right now of it's of, so good. of albums. Like yeah. Jesus, yeah. They they have yet to do anything really wrong at no. this point. No. So I can't fault them from Possibilium? No, not at all. And you know what? If it's going to be the weakest track on the album, it's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a... And, it's and a, it doesn't take away from anything. And I like it. I do like it. Don't get me seven. wrong. It's a seven for me. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it's, sure. It's not, a, yeah. it, it's not bad. It's still better than most people's best. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's very good. And again, that menace. You've got me really thinking mm. about the lyrics to this record from a from a almost like an eerie standpoint. Yeah, well, now. look at that album cover. It, it It's not far away from being some of the illustrations from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, you know? There's there's something, like, I don't look at that cabin and go, hmm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. seems a little, it's it's cold, it's wet, it's dark, uh, it's, you know. Foreboding. Yeah, it yeah. is foreboding. Yeah. Yeah. Come in if you're ready. Yeah. But, I, but the, yet the title holds hope for me. And day for night, you know. Right. Day for night. Yeah. Something that's there with you day for night is something enormous. Oh, man. Now the hard part comes, because this is a great record. 14 tracks. This is the hardest time I've had with this. Yeah, what do you take home? What's your song? What are you putting on your list? Yeah, I mean, because I feel like it's a cop-out to say Grace 2, but I'd also be a dumb fucking idiot. (laughs) We talked a lot about Grace 2. (laughs) So much about Grace 2. It's such a remarkable song. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. And I mean, So Hard Done By is like a a personal favorite of mine, but I think I, I, but I'm so, as we talked about, I'm so romanced by how nautical disaster is even a song, you know, let alone a famous one, like a chart topper, because it shouldn't be. To me, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm. That's what I'm putting yeah. on my list. Nautical disaster. So if that helped you, yeah. If that helps you say, yeah, it kind well, of does, yeah. I'll pick something else in for my list because, yeah. To me, this was a song that it made me write a short story. I wrote a yeah. short story about somebody who was getting ready to go on a ship, yeah. And that ship was ultimately. It never got to the point where the like the end of the story is the ship goes to sea, and that yeah. ship in my head was. The ship that Gord's singing about. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, and I submitted it to the Strong Star. Yeah. Never heard anything. And it was a, it was a story contest. I wasn't just <laughs> here's a news story for you. Hot off the presses. Yeah. <laughs> extra, extra. Yeah, I don't think I can. I can't. This maybe this is unexciting, but it, it, I have to pick Grace too. It was a monumental song for me uh, when this came out. Well. The good news is it's you now have your kickoff track for your set list there as well. Because I, I would think we're going to sequence these, right? Okay, yeah, I think so. Right? Ah, yeah, you've got a good it start. Really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. It's just that. that it's uh, too good. It's still so good. And if, if I ran into somebody who never heard of the hip, 
and to I was going to play something. Uh, you should listen to this. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. All okay, right. Fine. Grace 2 mm-hmm. and Nautical Disaster. Yeah, good. I think that does just fine. This has been a lot of fun talking it about really, this one. Yeah, I was really excited about this. Yeah. This, is, this, is, and this was uh, like a, a, a major album of my life. Major. Me as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think this was the first record I ever bought at midnight. Yeah. You know, like sure. came to Toronto and bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're, you know, you're at HMV with all these other people. <laughs> and then you're standing in the street. What a lost experience that is. Oh, it so is. What I bought um, I bought an LP. Like, I bought this on vinyl as well. I didn't, oh, have, wow. a, I didn't have a record player. Oh, yeah, sure. I just thought the, just in case. the thing yeah. was cool. Yeah. I bought it for my friend. I remember my friend was going to film school in Florida. And I bought two copies that night. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't coming out in the States until the next year. I think it came out in the the March or February of the following year. And, you know, mm-hmm. we got it in September. Might have been a little bit. No, I think it was around there because yeah. we'll talk about this briefly. They played on Saturday Night Live yeah. in March of 2000 or 1995 to promote the record being released in America. And, um, yeah, Dean had had the record for a while. Yeah. What did you think of that performance? Do you remember seeing that oh, performance? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was amazing. That was, yeah. I mean. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the, not, yeah, it's one of the most memorable Saturday Night Live performances I can think of. You know, and I watched Saturday Night Live religiously. Me as well. And it was, it's definitely one of the standouts. Yeah. And not just because it was the hip, which was interesting because they got to be there. Um, but it's electrifying. It's enormous. And it, again, it's still just like, doesn't land for America. And that's fine. I should clarify it because I'm just like, you said you getting it on vinyl. And I was like, what? Well, I was looking at the cover. And uh, I was like, that'd be such a great vinyl. Man. That's why I bought it. Yeah. yeah. But I should clarify because in my head, this is a window. I, I, I said cabin because I always think of this as a cabin view out of a cabin. It looked oh, right. Oh, okay. There's not a, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that probably doesn't make sense to me. But so you're looking, I always you're think, looking I feel like you're in some like the I I always picture them recording this in like some gross wooden place and like this is out the window. It does, wood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Disgusting wood. <laughs> you know, that's the, the that's what I picture. <laughs> so that when I, I always think of this as the cabin view. Anyway. Great looking record. Great yeah, sounding really record. Good. Listen the best good album cover I think they have. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, the font, like the writing yeah. as well. It fits just, the it, album. It just all it fits works. The band. Yeah, it's, it's just great. And just then me. they moved on. Yeah. We had to wait two years for the next record, and you'll only have to wait two weeks. Oh, my God. That's so nice. there you go. Aren't, aren't we nice? We're so nice. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, thank you and, for uh, hanging out with me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with both of us. Mm. Pick up your shit. Yeah. Fully and Completely is a modern superior podcast. You can find out more information about the show at www.fullyandcompletely.ca. You can tweet us at at, at. Fully Podcast. Mm. And of course, you can find uh, more information about our show and many other fantastic shows at www.modernsuperior.com. I came in there for that. That's awesome. (laughs) Every cowboy sings a sad song? I don't think so. Everyone. Everyone. Look at your fact checking. You're fact checking (laughs) Brett Michaels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know a guy called Cowboy. I do. 
I met him at work. He's called Cowboy. And he, t- he told me a very sad story about himself. So maybe it is true. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, yeah it is. Oh, I worked for like two days and he told me I was up with something and I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe. This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. 